Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. I've had a great week. I hope that you have all had a great week. It's only Tuesday, (laughs) but I mean the week the seven days preceding this, I have spoken to a lot of people um, about AFM and most of whom, and I've kind of changed the business model a little bit, where now I quite like people to do one-to-one with me for at least three weeks, three weeks, (laughs) three months, so I can get to know them and their business before they go on to, we'll call it core AFM. And that seems to be working really well because then I fully know everyone in the group and what they're doing and why they're doing it and their business model and their structure and yeah so I think that that is going to be something I'm going to be doing moving on. Today I want to talk about a question that I got which was I think articulated better than this but it was essentially what would you do differently if you were starting now and I've made a few points on this I don't know exactly where it's going to go but I think the first thing I would do is focus on me. And this came up actually in a call I just had with a new AFM member. So welcome. And we were talking a little bit about being distracted by other people on social media or generally distracted by what other people might think of what we're posting. And that can be a big barrier to actually posting content and actually getting really important and useful information out there. And it is a massive waste of energy trying to impress people who simply don't matter like if you're posting to impress your other personal training peers that's not going to grow your business you need to be focusing on the people that you actually want to help so your quote-unquote niche or your potential client base and you will notice that the people that are doing the best don't look at their competition they're not being distracted by their competition. They're busy actually coaching their clients that they have because they've been posting content and they've been posting content for the right people. So that would be one thing. And then personally, I think I got quite distracted by, um, although, mm, do you know what? I was going to say by trolling a little bit. Not that I was like that, but I did have many a like hot debate. And actually, I think that debates online used to be better like I actually learned quite a lot from a lot of those debates which may have seemed like arguments to the outside but anyway I think that they maybe I'm not going to take that way I think that was actually quite a good learning curve but what I will say is when they were on Facebook they were slightly better because you could actually link stuff and I feel like the the arguments were more conducive to actually learning something from them anyway that's my first point secondly I would have got a mentor shocking but I'll be honest there wasn't really one and because there wasn't someone doing what I wanted to do yet and I'm quite old to the online coaching game like (laughs) there basically wasn't online coaching when I started online coaching like no one was actually doing this it wasn't a career people weren't actually making money from it so there wasn't really anyone to look up to for business advice for example saying that I've worked with a lot of people who I've learned from massively and in some ways they have been like mentoring roles to me. So people like Ant and Nick and Jamie Alderton who I've worked with them 
on different products, different products, different programs. And I've learned a hell of a lot doing that. So I, I guess your mentor doesn't have to necessarily be someone in a distinct mentor role, but actually just someone that you're learning a lot from. And I think the most important thing here, and this is why I was thinking if I was starting again, I'd get a mentor because it fast tracks you. Like you can go through years and years of making all these mistakes and maybe get to the same place. But if you can do that in three months because you're learning from someone else's mistakes, that's gold. That's going to save you a hell of a lot of time and also a hell of a lot of effort. And I would say one of the most important things that a mentor does is shows you where to focus your efforts to get the most out of them. Much like coaches do, right? You're showing people where to focus their efforts to get the most out of them. So they're not worried about meal timing or fasted cardio or avoiding carbs at a certain time of day. So they actually know what they need to do to get the results that they want and where they need to put those efforts so they're not wasted. And that saves you a hell of a lot of time, a hell of a lot of energy, and in this instance, a hell of a lot of money. Plus, mentoring gives you a bit of perspective. Like it's often easier to see things in other people or see things for others than it is to see things for yourself. The third thing I would do is go to more events or just generally say yes to more in-person things and make an effort to go and do those things because connections are everything. And I don't just mean like, oh, if you know this person, you might get put forward for this job. I mean like ideas, education, inspiration from different people, but fundamentally meeting people. Like when you go to events, I would say the biggest thing is meeting people, but obviously you're going to get the education and it's quite an inspiring atmosphere. But the people that you meet at these events, you have no idea what their, I guess their potential is in your life. So for example, you can't put a price on going to the, well, I mean, you can put a price on going to these events. (laughs) Sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, right? But it can be so life-changing. So for example, that conference that may have cost you 800 pounds to go to, that might seem like a lot of money for one day, but the people that you meet there and the things that you learn can last you a lifetime or can impact the rest of your life. And you won't remember the 800 pounds that you spent, but you will remember the memories, the connections, the things that you learn. One example of this, not quite this, but while saying that, I met Amelia at Body Power numerous times And I might have thought, oh, what a waste of time going to this event again. I've been five years in a row. But actually meeting with those people and connecting with those people and developing relationships with those people. I mean, that's made me a lot of money with EIQ. And I only met Chloe because she invited me down to London for a podcast. And I thought, what a long way to go for a podcast. I don't know if I'm going to have to stay in a hotel in London. And it's like, actually takes me like kind of two days just for an hour's podcast. I was like, "Mm, it's not really worth it. And anyway, I decided to do it. And well, I will say that's been quite a lucrative two days. Like the EC method does pretty well. I'm like, there is no doubt in my mind, if I hadn't gone and done that podcast, we would never be working together. Like, and it didn't come straight after. I would say it was like two years later that we started the EC method. So it doesn't always come like, oh, right off the back of that, I can see the, the return on my investment in terms of spending the time and money to going down to, for this thing. But it may be a couple of years later that, oh, remember we met at 
whatever. And then we've been chatting a little bit online and actually I've got this business proposal for you or I've got this idea I want to collaborate with you on. So a lot of these things might seem like they're costing you money, but you have no idea the benefits that could come from them. And then I thought I would do some more, I guess, like actionable tips. And this might be slightly controversial, but that has never stopped me saying anything. I would say you should probably be doing the exact opposite of what most big coaching accounts are doing. For example, do not automate stuff. Automations give me the ick and realistically they probably do give you the ick as well if you're honest with yourself. The whole point in going with you as a online coach, as a one-to-one online coach, as opposed to a generic plan like Weight Watchers, is that it's not automated, is that it's personal. So if you're starting your relationship with a potential client with an automation, it gives the wrong impression. Automations only need to be done when you reach a point they are needed or if there's no personal touch needed, right? So yeah, maybe you do automate the welcome message after someone signs up. But but what you don't need to be doing is automating your DMs when someone asks you a question. It is a huge turnoff and you know it. Put yourself in the other shoes. Let's say you DM'd me on AFM and you got back. Hi, lovely to hear from you. I'm sure I can help you build your business. Here's a link to AFM. You'd be like, oh, that's not particularly useful. But if it was me replying to you and answering the actual question that you asked me, not just a generic response, or I'm open between these hours and these hours, you'd be much more likely to engage in that. And it's also really not needed when you have a relatively small following. And I guess the the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I actually don't see many people with big followings doing this. I actually see people with smaller followings doing this. And it's probably one of the worst things that you could do because the one of the huge benefits you have of having a smaller following and maybe not having as many clients is that your clients will get more of your time, that you can be more personal. So you, you've literally got this superpower that you actually have an advantage over some of the bigger coaches and you're not using it. You're literally giving it away. Your unique selling point as a personal, a personal trainer especially one with a smaller following, is that your service is personal. And if you start with an automation, it obviously gives off the wrong impression. I'm actually currently in the middle of writing a course on how to use a small following to your advantage. Because I'm not just saying this to make people feel better. There is a huge advantage to actually having a smaller following. And you really only have one large disadvantage not even large but one sort of like key disadvantage which is that a large following often comes rightly or wrongly often wrongly with authority so if you have a smaller following you have to do other things to build your authority which I go through in this course but that's really the the main thing that you're missing is the authority aspect and it's way better or easier at least to have say a thousand clients 10% of which, which is 100 people, want to buy your product, than actually trying to build, because you've got an engaged audience, right? So 10% of your 
following actually are engaged and want to buy your product are following you for the right reasons rather than having a hundred thousand people having to build up to a hundred thousand people because actually your engagement is so low and people are following you for the wrong reasons so actually only one percent of people want to buy from you so both of those equate to a hundred clients but it's much easier to curate and engage with and actually help a thousand people or have a following of a thousand people than it is to try and build a a following of a hundred thousand people. And this is a huge limiting belief that I see with online coaches is that they need to build this following in order to be successful. If you want to be an influencer, sure, you'll need a big following. If you want to be a damn good coach, you absolutely do not need a big following. Anyway, I go into this on the course which will soon be out for anyone on AFM. So if you're not on AFM, you will need to join. And if you are, look forward to that because I think it's going to be really, really useful to a lot of people. And there's a lot of very practical take-homes, things that you can implement straight away. Other things, this has kind of changed from things that I would do differently to things that I just don't think people should do. (laughs) But anyway, other things that I don't think people should do are to outsource your social media or your sales. And I guess it's quite similar to outsourcing your DMs or having automations on your DMs. You are trying to create a relationship with someone. You cannot outsource creating a relationship with someone. Like if I want to work with a coach, I want to talk to that coach. If you want to work with me, surely you want to talk to me. And one of the main reasons that people struggle to buy online is often because they've been burnt before. Now, this is true for your clients as coaches. But what I've realized from doing a couple of calls, well, actually quite a lot of calls on AFM, is that the biggest barrier to people is often just trust. And actually having a 10 minute conversation with someone on the phone is enough to know that I'm not going to scam you. Like, I'm not like the last mentor who tied you in for six months and you had to put it all on a credit card and you're still paying it off and you didn't get any value from it. That isn't what you're going to get here. And actually, that was the only reassurance that people needed. They're like, yeah, I can see that you're successful. I know what you do. I followed you for a while. I just kind of wanted to make sure that I wouldn't get scammed again. Like, I think we're on the same page. I think that we have similar values but I just needed that last bit of reassurance. And it's so it was so interesting to me that actually that seemed to be the biggest thing. There wasn't really actually that many questions about what actually is mentoring? What do I get? What's the process? It was like, no, I'm sold. Like, I, I want to buy this, but I just want to make sure that I'm not tied into six months or that I'm not going to be scammed again because I've been burnt in the past. And I think a lot of clients probably feel like that as well. Like, I've done the Joe Wicks program, I've done Weight Watchers, I've done Slimming World, I've done Juice Plus, I've spent all this time and money and effort and I've built up to the point where like I think I'm ready to try again but I don't know if I can just, like I don't want this to be the same again and I don't think you can outsource reassuring that if anything you're going to push them the other way, like oh yeah you can't even speak to your own coach and if you're, this is the most important part, like I get it, if you're James Smith, like, do you expect to to talk to him before signing up to JSA for 40 quid a month or something? No, of course you don't. But when you're not selling the same product as that, and that's why you don't have to worry about it because you're not in direct competition with that. But when you start using those techniques for your completely different business, that's when you start to get into trouble. 
And that is why I say, if I was starting again, I would do the exact opposite of what these bigger coaching programs do. If you try and emulate them, you will be in direct competition with them. And if you're in direct competition with them on what they do, the truth is they're doing it better. But what you can do better is offer a more bespoke personal service because you have less numbers to deal with. People buy from people. And so you have to create that relationship with people. And online where it's harder to develop a relationship and trust, it's so important that you don't outsource that. A few questions that we have from this week are, (laughs) tips for going live in a Facebook group. Okay, I completely get that this can be quite daunting and I actually didn't realise how daunting it is solo. Actually, that's a lie because I do that on Instagram and it's the same thing. But it is significantly harder doing it on your own. Partly, I find, because I even find it a little bit awkward like stopping to have a drink (laughs) because I'm like, oh, it's just me. But my top tips would be have a few backup things to talk about. So if it's a client Q&A, like have some Q&A questions there ready, especially if it's your first one, I would write a couple of bullet points about each question as well so you've got something to talk about and then I think an important thing to do is embrace that it's a bit cringy and try and be yourself it's so strange that I don't know for example you could be having an incredible conversation with a friend and for some reason that day you're just really eloquent and you're having this great discussion about something and then you see a camera facing at you and you literally can't say anything like it's such an odd phenomenon 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 and situation basically but it happens all the time it's like as soon as you know you're being recorded or you're being filmed like your articulation just nope not anymore can't think of any words anymore but that does get better with practice and I actually think the reason it gets better is less that you it's more that you become more comfortable being recorded So you're less kind of stressed about that situation. I think just reminding yourself like this is just a conversation. And actually, if I slip up and forget what I'm saying, it's it's okay. Like you're not giving a TED talk that needs to be exactly perfect. You're just having a conversation with your clients. And when you think of it like that, like I'm sure all personal trainers will be like, oh yeah, could I have a conversation with my client? Yes, that's not a problem. I don't struggle with that. Right, now you're doing it on Facebook on a Facebook live. I'm not saying it's easy, right? And and all of this stuff just takes practice. Like the only way you're going to get better at it is to practice doing it. But the more relaxed and comfortable you can be and the more kind of conversational you can make it and the less pressure that you put on yourself to be perfect, the better and more enjoyable it will be. But as with everything, you will likely have to start bad to get good to then get great. Like there's no way that you can jump over good and and sorry bad and good and then just get straight to great and even the people that you look up to that you're like oh god they're so good at doing that or they're so good at public speaking it's like, yeah they didn't start so good they practice more than you did and that's why they're so good and you can absolutely do that as well i very much hope that you have enjoyed this episode guys if you're on afm and you have any questions put them on the question thread If you want to talk to me about signing up to AFM, there is a link in the show notes that you can click on and you can book a call with me. 
to talk about how I can help you build a business that you love.